From the PSIA ASI Safer at Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado, I'm George Thomas. You're listening to First Chair, and today we're going to be talking about the 2021 reopening with Eric Lipton. Eric, thanks very much for taking the time to chat with us. Thanks for having me, George. It's great to chat with you again. Very good to talk with you. And I say reopening. I mean, the season's really getting underway, and I know this is something you're extremely involved with. Um, are What are you seeing happening this year? Are most areas going to be able to open? Yeah, I think that the, certainly the planning season is, is heavily underway. And overall, there's a lot of optimism on the part of resorts. So I'm, I'm very optimistic that we're going to have a good ski season and a, and a, and a fingers crossed, a very full, complete, complete ski season. So it's really going to come down to all of us. Well, I know NSAA came up with don't be the reason we shut down the season. <laughs> yeah, that's a great slogan because I think, as you said, it, well, we all have to take responsibility for our own actions and um, and do our best to to uh, you know keep the keep the season going. You know, I feel like the the virus can can be under control if if we do our if we all do our part. And I got to bring this up. I don't want to get political. I don't want to you know stir up any controversy or anything. But you know, I put on events and I've gotten stuff from folks saying how dare you be so irresponsible as to put on a cycling event to how dare you make me cover my face and you know we take everything very seriously we've had some extremely safe events and um, everybody had to cover their face at the appropriate times not while they were riding their bikes but when they were within 15 feet of another person yeah and i think you'll see the same thing this season uh, the National Skiers Association has issued their pandemic playbook, their Ski Well, Be Well document. And it, um, from my conversations, virtually every resort is, is um, sort of complying to those, those uh, recommendations, those guidelines. And it's really about we'll, we'll be wearing masks in lift line and riding lifts and in any indoor spaces, of course, but not skiing and riding. That seems to be the, where there's flexibility. Um, but I think, you know, as as shepherds of the sport, stewards of the sport in the resort, I think we we've got to set the example, of course, and and um, we'll all be we'll all be masked up, um, virtually always, unless we're actively skiing and riding. Seems to be the consensus I'm hearing. And Eric, how is that going to work with lessons when we're teaching? Are we going to have our buffs up, or are we going to be able to take those down so we can chat with people? Yeah, that's a good question. So again, skiing and riding, you know, I guess it's I guess it's uh, you know instructor's choice. Um, you know, huddling up on the side of the run. Um, that's a good question. You know, I think, I think the buffs up and the masks on policy is probably, probably, you know, best whenever, whenever possible, you know, um, um, and, and keeping safe distance, you know, PSI and Ozzy issued their, uh, COVID considerations piece. I was happy to, to help out in the creation of that piece. And, um, it goes into how to, how we can best communicate with our guests when, when our faces are covered. So, Again, I think we got we have to do our part and and um, you know abide by resort policies, and I think that means wearing masks whenever and wherever possible. So I I think of so many different things, and if I go off on a tangent, uh, bring me back, Eric. <laughs> but you know, I I really want to get into say food and beverage things we have to do when we're indoors. But first thing that comes to mind for ski and ride is you know what do we do when we're coming to the resort and. Uh, it, say the locker room is already full uh, and they're not allowing any more people in. How do we decide where we can wait 
Uh, where do we go after we have our uniforms on and our gear out? Uh, there's just so many things that, you know, that are variables right now that are tough to think about. Yeah, there are. And these are all specific to each resort. <clears throat> you know, it depends on the, obviously the, the size of the locker room and how much square footage there is and how much open air space and, and capacity and fire code requirements and, and all these things. Um, and how much and how social distancing can can be um, can be uh, you know utilized right of course so I, it, it's hard to say there's some blanket statements I think what you'll see broadly speaking is um, certainly resorts encouraging their instructors to to not spend a lot of time in the locker room if any right I think you're going to see resorts and again this is individual to each resort but some will ask their staff to take, it would be okay this year to take your uniforms home. Some will still say, no, we prefer if you not take your uniforms home. Some will ask uh, staff to boot up in the car and, and come to line up. If there is a lineup, um, you know, ready to, ready to go to work. And, and some will have shifts where you can come in the locker room at different times. You may have, you may have be given only 15 minutes where you have to get in and get out. Um, lockers may be spaced out uh, differently. So, I think the, the employee experience will definitely be different. I think um, snow sports instructors have to expect that they might be outdoors more more of the day this year. Um, the opportunity to duck inside and warm up may, may be, if not, you know, I don't know that it will be impossible, but it might be discouraged, right? It might be, might be hey, try, to, try not to utilize the indoor spaces if, if you can help it. So dress warmer. Um, so again, individual to resorts, but I think we, as instructors have to be prepared for some changes. And how does that happen with the public? You know, I really keep going back to food and beverage, uh, when I think about the reopen, because that's a lot of people that could be inside. And how do you provide a great guest service when, you know, possibly you're not allowed to go into this restaurant or this bar? Yeah. So interesting. I, I think, um, so that's an area where we're going to see the, the most change, right? Um, and you, you mentioned this bar. So, you know, the Opry ski scene is going to be different this year, if not non-existent. And, uh, and alcohol sales, you know, resorts are going to lose, I think, out on alcohol sales, and most are prepared for that um, because, you know, the people aren't going to be ducking inside, sitting in the lodge, watching the Eagles game on a Sunday. And I know everybody watches the Eagles, so that's why I use that, that analogy. Um <laughs> But yeah, I just think that that uh, that's the part where an area where resorts are gonna are gonna take a loss of it. But the food and beverage whole experience will be different. <clears throat> I think you're gonna see a lot more grab and go. Um, some resorts are are actually going to be selling or at least um, providing a, a, a reservation system and not and not lift tickets, but I mean where you can reserve a table for lunch. So even in their general cafeteria, others are gonna have a, an online portal where you can. Um, you can buy your lunch online, you know, on your phone or an app while you're sitting on the chairlift and then come down and pick it up and go eat it in your car because, um, you know, uh, imploring guests and, and certainly encouraging guests to use their cars as a mini base lodge is going to be the, a, a pretty common, common, uh, theme this year. So, so the food and beverage aspect is, is, you know, is where a lot of resorts right now are scratching their heads because there's not an easy answer. Um, uh, you know, some are saying they're going to, they're going to take, you know, sort of like at, uh, when you go to a, a, a restaurant without a reservation, they give you a, a buzzer and they sit, take your name down and when a table's ready, they buzz you. Right. Mm -hmm. And so resorts are exploring doing that with text messages, you know, so 
in this in this uh, eating and drinking establishment, there's no tables, but you're first in line, and we encourage you to go walk around the base area. And as soon as there's a table, we'll text you. If you'd like to try one of our other food establishments, you know, here's a map or here's here's a QR code with a map of all the different places you can try on the mountain, and one of them may have some seating available. But um, the idea of crowded cafeterias with everyone, you know, shoulder to shoulder in a food scramble, I think is going to look a lot different this season. So kind of shifting gears here, you said something a little earlier about if there is a lineup, and that makes me wonder about lesson structure. Do you think there's going to be any change with no more all-day lessons where you're having lunch with the guest or, uh, I don't know, different times that lessons are offered so that they're staggered? Yeah, so that, that's a loaded question. So there's two, two parts <laughs> to that. So <clears throat> let's say an all-day lesson where you're having lunch with the guest you know, if you've got an adult, you know, that might not change much, you know, an all day private with an adult might not change. And, you know, if you, if you go, however you handle lunch in that case is, is, you know, will be individual, but in all day, the all day kids program where lunch is provided and the kids are inside in groups, um, for any extended period of time is, is probably going away. You know, I, I don't I don't see many resorts offering that full day program anymore because limiting indoor time is going to be the name of the game. And and that goes with the arrival experience for kids snow sports school also. So the days where, you know, you drop the kids off at nine, you pick them up at three thirty, probably not going to happen. And when you do drop them off at nine, they're probably not going to be going into the kids center and hanging out for an hour. Um, so guests may be required to drop the kids off ready to ski, you know, geared up and ready to go. And they may be being grouped outdoors with their instructor, you know, putting together groups outside. And, and those groups may be smaller. So the, you know, 8, 10, 12 kids in a group, maybe not this year. Maybe it's going to be a four or five kids in a group. Uh, and then I think resorts, you know, the next piece of that is what about the lift riding procedure, right? Then riding lifts with kids. I think resorts are, are – I think there's some variety in how they're going to handle this, um, but most certainly agree that it's better to have an instructor on the chair with kids than, than not on the chair with, with the little kids. Um, how many kids at a time? I think that's up for, um, for interpretation and, and, and has, there's some individuality with that uh, across the resorts. But, but the all-day kids program, I see that, uh, that going away, certainly for this year and, and perhaps for the future too. Some of those things sound actually kind of good. Uh, I think it's a good thing not to have a class of 12 kids. Yeah, I don't think too many pros out there will be, will be disheartened <laughs> to hear that the groups are going to be smaller. That's for sure. <clears throat> overall, I'll say this. Overall, George, I think the the skiing snowboard school experience nationwide in recent years is has been pretty hom- like homogenous, right? Like every resort you go to offers the same kinds of products. And this year, it's going to be different. Um, you can't just assume that a product is going to be available. Um, it, it's there's going to be a lot more variation in what's what's offered out there. And in addition to that, some are going to and most most are are moving. I won't say almost exclusively, but certainly heavily to online reservations for ski and snowboard school. So, you know, can you pop up to the window, you know, on a Saturday morning and get a lesson? Maybe, but maybe not. Some schools, you just won't have that option. So doing some advanced research, if you have 
you're taking a, a trip or you have friends who are taking a trip, um, some advanced planning will be more important now than, than ever before. Well, and speaking of advanced planning, I'm hearing that, you know, possibly the really little ones who require more hands-on may not be, uh, definitely not group lessons for them and possibly not even privates. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm hearing a lot of the same, that the group lessons are going to be very difficult. Some resorts are just, are, are, are not going to serve that population, you know, little kids, three to six-year-olds. Um, but those who can are are certainly limiting limiting or eliminating group lessons and doing only privates. And and some are encouraging or at least requiring the parents to to attend, to stay on. You know, it, it, it's a the parent comes on the lesson with the child because there's there's just a lot of handling needed for young kids, you know, between just helping them get around and helping them zip their jackets and wiping noses and, and all those things. Um, and, uh, and some resorts just don't feel like they want to, put their employees in, in that, in, you know, in that risk. And speaking of employees, uh, are most areas going to allow employees to be able to free ride on days off? Uh, because I know there's limited capacity for some areas and uh, that's just a question that's come up. Yeah, that's an interesting question. You know, I haven't had many, I haven't had any conversations on that specifically. Um, I, my, my instinct is yes. Um, that employees won't be barred from free skiing this season, um, but but could there be some restrictions? It's it's certainly possible. You know, understanding capacity and what that means for each resort is um, is, is really important. And a lot of resorts are struggling with that from from rental shop and how they manage flow through the shop to uphill capacity on their chairlifts and what their policy will be. In other words, like. Um, if if a stranger shows up on a uh, at a quad chairlift, will they be allowed to ride alone? Um, like in the past, we we pair we pair four strangers together and put them on a quad, right, to, to maximize uphill capacity. But this year, you know, resort policy could be that yeah, if somebody wants to ride by themselves, they'll certainly be allowed to, um, and that certainly limits uphill capacity. So what does that do? It sort of puts more people in lift lines, and then you have longer queues and and. And you have to understand what that does to your wait times. And so it, it changes sort of the flow of people um, on the list. So to answer your original question, do I think re- employees will be restricted from free skiing and free riding this year? I don't think that, but there could be some parameters set. You know, and you brought up another really great topic of rental shop. There's got to be some changes going on in there because there's often a big line at the rental shop and you've got a long wait. Most definitely. And if rental shops uh, looked on Saturday morning like they look on Tuesday afternoon, we wouldn't have any problems. But the fact is, <laughs> the weekend mornings are very different. Um, people show up all at the same time. There is oftentimes a wait. So resorts are doing everything from, from opening the shop you know, a half hour or an hour early and, and informing the guests that they can come in early. Some are are going to stay open in the are open for special hours in the evenings so that guests who are arriving can come and get their fit and get their equipment done the night before. Uh, and some are going to require appointment, you know, rental by appointment only. I so, assume uh, season-long rentals are probably going to be a pretty popular option this year. Yeah, season-long rentals, that's that's out there. I, there aren't, I don't know that that's as popular a product as it once was. 
um, because resorts can't then use that. They, they can't keep renting that out True. throughout the day or throughout the season, right? So it's only when that person has it. But but if a resort has that option, that's certainly a possibility. If if you if you have a friend who, who rents gear and they don't want to have that rental shop um, experience where it can be crowded, and they know they're going to ski a ride five, six, ten times this year, maybe they do rent their gear for the season. I can tell you this: that that in you know in Australia, one of the resorts there reported that um, retail sales, even for beginner skiers and riders were up significantly over last year. This is in, in a COVID world, right? So people who would ordinarily rent gear were buying gear. People who would ordinarily um, wouldn't buy clothing were buying ski and snowboard clothing. Um, and if they were renting gear, they were renting the, the more premium demo product rather than the, the normal fleet rental. Um, so uh, they, they had a, a pretty positive experience with, with their rental, you know, that rental client. Uh, Eric, I have to ask, I know you recently were playing a big part in uh, Big Snow in New Jersey uh, and working with them on their reopening. What are some things that came up that you'd like to share with us that maybe we haven't talked about or even thought about? Yeah, sure. Um, one interesting thing is at Big Snow, they have uh, they have time slots. So we have to manage the capacity in the snow dome. We can't put too many people in the dome at once because it's obviously it's, it's a confined area with one chairlift. And so um, they had to change their arrival experience. So they've always sold time slot bookings where when you reserve a spot, you pick your day, you pick your time, and it's a two-hour time block of, of time in the snow dome. Um, but what happens a lot at Big Snow is, and I'd say this for resorts, any resorts who are showing, who are, excuse me, who are um, uh, considering trying session times or, or, or you know, hourly hour blocks of ski and snowboard time this year, should be aware of this, that for the arrival experience, people people do show up late, of course, but oftentimes they show up too early. And and that, that single point, if you're not prepared for that as a resort, it can really undermine your efforts to keep people socially distanced. So when people would show up early at Big Snow, we'd have to have a like a waiting pen, if you will, for people to stand. And, and we'd have to have, we have um, like, you know, markers where people can stand six feet apart that's always been the case where we've had these waiting pens but now we need like twice as much space for it so you know it really extends out into the mall area where where these groups have to wait in these holding pens before they're for the ready to come in so that's that an interesting learning um and it's like we, we thought of almost everything at big snow but that was that was one piece that took us by surprise that um people were showing up early and we'd have to have a we need a safe place for them to wait <clears throat> um, the other piece is, is the managing the flow, you know, through rental, you know, and, and how we do a, a kind of a, a hands-free or a, um, a social distance boot fit, you know, so we have, we have plastic up and, and when, when guests come onto the boot bridge, which is a, an elevated platform where our boot fitters can stand like at, at, um, at foot height, if you will, uh, and, and fit each person for a boot we had to put dividers in so that people standing side by side would have separation, separation between the guests and then plastic between the guest and our boot techs so that they, the guest, uh, yeah, the guest wasn't like above talking down to the, the boot tech, um, you know, and, and possibly, um, you know, transmitting COVID. Right. So, so the rental shop experience was interesting. 
And then, you know, of course, the, the lift capacity thing, you know, allowing guests to ride alone uh, changed, changed sort of the overall flow of, of the slopes. What's the attitude you've seen from the guests going through this? Are they just happy to have the opportunity to slide? Yes. Yes, period. They just are happy to get out and slide. So I, I, that's why I feel pretty optimistic that, look, if any, if summer was any indication of, of Americans' propensity to want to get outside, I think, um, you know, given Mother Nature's cooperation, we could have a very, a very good season. Um, and uh, we've seen it at, at Big Snow. When we reopened September 1st, people just came out in droves and they, they couldn't wait. Their season was cut short in the spring and they just could not wait to get back on snow. So pretty encouraging. And Eric, message to us, our membership, what can we do to really set a great example for our guests and for our coworkers? Yeah, I think you just have to go with the flow. You know, it, it, we have to all recognize that this this is an inconvenience. Like life is, is a little more inconvenient than it once was. But we're the ambassadors of our sports and, and we're going to spend more time with the guests than anyone else. So we've got to respect the resort policies. And we've got to make the best out of it and have, have a good attitude. You know, people come to the mountains to escape from their everyday jobs, from their lives, from, from um, you know, the, the normal grind. And um, when they spend time with us at our resorts and want to recreate, we have to make it a positive experience for the guests. And we have to make it easy for them to, be, uh, to have a good time. Well, Eric, it is always great visiting with you. I sure appreciate you taking the time to chat with us today. My pleasure, George. Thanks for having me. Eric Lipton joining us on First Chair from the PSIA AASI Safer at Home Studios in Nederland, Colorado. I'm George Thomas.